This is WFO Radio. Started with our Daytona 500 championship press conferences here. We are joined by our Daytona 500 winning team owner, Roger Penske. This is his uh, third Daytona 500 win for Team Penske on his birthday. So happy birthday. Thank um, you. And uh, obviously the uh, driver was Austin Sindrick in the number two discount tire Ford. Uh, we will go straight to questions for Roger. So if you have a question, please raise your hand and we'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start up here with Zach. Excuse me, Zach Sterniello with FrenchStretch.com. Roger, the Fords had speed all week in in the draft, and particularly your Fords. Um, that last restart with Austin and Ryan on the front row. Um, what was your hope there, and why? What um, I, I guess how? What did you see play out there from that over the last two laps? Well, I think it was uh, really the strategy. It was called uh, by Jeremy putting uh, you know Austin up on top. And then him coming down over over ahead of uh, uh, Ryan and we had talked all for for weeks after last year when we were one two and we ended up uh, you know in the fence I guess you'd have to say and they played ball and uh, uh, Austin won but it, the cars were good I think for Ford uh, for us and the whole Ford group worked really well together we've worked hard as a team as teams to try to develop a plan I think it played off and if you looked at Austin. You know, this week, and the way he ran, he didn't make a mistake today. He was up second, third, almost the entire race, and then at the end to be able to pull it off, which shows you the quality of a kid he is and also the experience that he already has as a young man. So we're very excited about the win. We're going to go to Jenna, and then we'll check in upstairs in the press box and go to Bob after that. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Congratulations. Thanks. what is it about Austin that, that you liked? I, I know it can be tricky because he's the, the other boss's son. So what is it that, that you believed in him? Well, I go back when he was playing with his toys in his bedroom in Reading. So I've seen him grow up as a, as a young man, and I think he's been focused. <clears throat> he's been a student uh, of the game. He's a smart young man. I think he uh, works with the team well. He's in the shop all the time, and, and he's a team player. And he understands his position. Probably one of the tougher uh, meetings I had with him was when we decided not to put him in the cup. You remember we had him run another year, and he then won the championship. And he took it like a man. And you could see that as far as I was concerned. He said, you make the call. I'm going to make it happen. That's exactly what he did. So he's a mature man at his age. And there's no question you could see his driving ability today. Did you anticipate uh, not missing a beat with, with a driver change in the two? Well, uh, you know, there's lots of things to think about uh, when you've got Blaney and you've got Joey and uh, Brad had made the decision that he wanted to take ownership and go over to Rouse Fenway, which was great. You can see how well they did this weekend, a big shot in the arm for him. But, uh, you know, we've got, to, we've got to build these people. You bring them in the final and they've got to come up and all of a sudden you get the results because the team we have, you know, the longevity, uh, you know, we have very little turnover on the team, and those guys come back. And, you know, that was a crew that worked, you know, for Brad last year in, in many cases. And uh, I think, uh, you know, with him being able to take those tools as a young man uh, made a huge difference. And uh, I think that uh, uh, I, I'm thrilled. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe, but, you know, I knew something could happen 
you know, with a green-white checker, I said, we got a chance here. You never know. And uh, he didn't make a mistake. <clears throat> I'm going to check in upstairs in the press box, if, see if there are any questions. Bruce Martin with Speed Sport. Uh, first off, happy birthday, Mr. Penske. Have you ever won a race on your birthday? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I got a big cake, though, didn't I? And also, you've seen Austin grow up. I believe when Elio won the Indy 500 in 2001, uh, this one- or two-year-old Austin nearly knocked over the Borg Warner Trophy the next day at the Yard of Bricks. But is he almost kind of like a part of the family to you? Because you've pretty much watched this kid grow up. Well, I think both uh, you know, his son uh, and, and his brother, uh, Tim's son and brother, uh, really have done a great job. They've gone their own individual ways, but, uh, you know, he's been part of the family. You know, he moved to North Carolina when we put the teams together. Tim was a big part of that, and he gets a lot of credit. Uh, you know, as really the team manager, We certainly with Mike Nelson and Travis Geisler and all the crew chiefs. And I think what's happened this year with, with the new car, our guys are working more together now than they ever had. You know, it's not three different teams. It's one team. And they work together. The engineering people do. We made some changes there with Jonathan Hassler. And all those things have paid off. So and then at the end, you need someone to execute. And certainly he did. And also his family lineage, his grandfather was Jim Truman, who you competed against as a team owner at the Indy 500. You know, how special do you think that is to the whole Truman family today? Well, Jim was a great guy. And uh, I remember when they won the 500 with Bobby Rahal. And I went over. He was... Uh, very sick at that point. He was in the motorhome, and I went over to tell him, and I said, congratulations. And what he said to me, now I can put Jim Truman 500 on his airplane. That's the last thing I time when I talk to him, think about that. So we go way back, and I'm sure he's looking down today and say, wow, you know, what, what a wonderful day and a great thing for my grandson. We're going to go to Bob and then Daniel. <clears throat> Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, Blaney said that he wasn't going to make a move um, unless he was 100% sure either him or Austin would win. Did you have any doubt after what happened last year and the talks that you said that you had with the guys that that would be the way to play out? Well, Bob, we talked to that about a, that a lot, as you would expect we did after the race last year. And we, I said, look, the best man wins at the end. I think we got to work together. I think it was not just us. It was the entire Ford camp. If you looked at it all day long, people stayed in line. I think they, they did the job. And then at the end, I felt that uh, with two cars up front and the speed we'd had all during the race, uh, and obviously, interesting, we had six Fords up there and one Toyota. And Bubba certainly was hungry to win, too. So we had to execute, and that's what we did. And, I mean, I know Austin won the Xfinity title, but a couple of years before that, it was kind of a rough start for him in NASCAR. Did you, was there a time where you, ever, where you thought, eh, maybe he just doesn't have it for Cup? Well, no, I think that, uh, you know, he started really in these types of cars. He was a sports car racer, I guess, open-wheel racer, and then to be able to transition into, uh, into NASCAR and into stock cars, uh, look, you're going to have a bumpy ride, and uh, you can have some luck. And on the other hand, you've seen the quality of his road racing. I mean, he comes into this series with a high road racing capability, and I think that, you know, we don't have people buy a ride at Penske. You know, we, we have the drivers that we want to drive for us, and I think that he was someone that we could build on. I knew him as a person, not just because it was his dad's, uh, Tim's son. And, and quite honestly, if he didn't get the job done, you know, we might have changed it. But uh, he came along 
I think uh, as well as he could under the circumstances initially, but I think he's proven the last, this is going into the third year now, he's, he's the top of his game. We're gonna go to Daniel and then we'll check in in the press box again. Uh, Daniel McFadden, Frenchers.com. Uh, Mr. Pinsky, um, when, you, the, what is going through your mind when the field's coming through turn four from the last time and it's, you have two of your cars and you have your former driver and Kozlowski like right there close together. What, what, what were the thoughts on your mind as that situation was playing out in the final turn? I wish they'd move the finish line further towards turn four. That was the first thing I was thinking. And, you know, and you really couldn't tell. It's like all these things here until, you know, with the 23 as close as it was, what was a half a fender really? So, you know, another lap, it might have been a different story. But I felt good about it because I knew the two would work together. And I knew Blaney was going to try to make it happen. You know, for, for Austin, if Austin slipped up, he would be there. But uh, you never know. I think it's, uh, it's why people come here. That's why we filled the house today, because this type of racing we have. And you could see they everybody played ball together for most of the race. There wasn't many elbows out there. But at the end, there's no question guys wanted that, that victory. And finally, um, what was your reaction to some of your team's wheels being confiscated by NASCAR uh, this week? And how are you expecting that situation to play out? Well, I think that uh, anybody who's at the race today, you talk about talk to most of the teams, they all had trouble with wheels, didn't they? It wasn't something that was unique. And I think that, uh, you know, we had contacted uh, NASCAR uh, a week before and said that the wheels we're getting, they're not all the same. And uh, we felt we needed to modify uh, the, mo the, the holes where the, where, the, where the drive pins goes. And... Uh, uh, we didn't really get a f feedback, and <clears throat> at that point, uh, uh, we went ahead and opened the holes up. In fact, when you look at it, they're much bigger than they would have been, you know, or they are on a, smaller, excuse me, than we had on either on an IndyCar or on sports cars. So I just think there was so much going on and trying to get the communication back and forth. It was, we certainly talked about it with them. This wasn't something we did under the covers, trying to beat anybody. It was right there. So they took all our wheels, and we ran today with wheels that we had up at the shop. Came down. They were certainly like everybody else's, I think. We're going to go up to the press box, and then we'll go to Alex. Jim Utter, motorsport.com. Congrats and happy birthday, Roger. Thank um, you. You touched on this earlier, but uh, <clears throat> Austin certainly didn't come through into NASCAR on a typical track of many drivers. Uh, with his uh, prior um, sports car experience. I just wondered, how would you rate his quick adaption to the NASCAR style of racing? Well, I think uh, his record speaks for itself. He really had almost two Xfinity wins uh, in the two years where he really got going full-time. Then to come here and have this type of victory, uh, you know, was amazing. And uh, I think he's, uh, he's a star coming up. Uh, I think he's a great team player. And, you know, from a discount tire perspective uh, and all of our sponsors, I think he'll represent us as a team the way we need to be so he can continue to fund uh, his car. And, look, that's part of it. You follow me? You've got to be a driver. You've got to understand the car technically. You've got to be a team player. And you also have to work with your sponsors. And I think he, all of those buttons he touches very well. I'm going to go to Alex, and then we'll go to Al. Thank you. Alex Andreev with the Charlotte Observer. Um, Congratulations. I Just walking around the grid today, even before the race, it seemed like talking to people, they, they seem very excited about where NASCAR is going right now, just as a sport collectively with the sellout uh, coming off the clash. And then 
Now you've got, I think the, the four top finishers were all under 30 years old. Um, to say that NASCAR is on an, on an upswing, I guess, do you think that's an accurate as assessment? And then how do you feel just about uh, the relevance of NASCAR right now in the motorsports world? It's a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was long. <laughs> I, I think if you ask the question how I think NASCAR is right today and what, we're, what we see, I think we're on a, a, great, uh, a great trajectory. You know, all of the new fans we had at the Coliseum and, and certainly selling this place out and sponsorships and suites, uh, I think it's terrific. And, you know, with a new crop of drivers, and you know, we have some drivers that are retiring, I think it's leaving an opening for these young kids, uh, when, when you look at the five-car Larson and what he's done coming in, just bang like that once he got into the car, I think you're going to see a lot of that. And with a car being somewhat of a leveler because everybody's got the same hammer and it's up to strategy, execution, and the driver. Thank you. I'm going to go to Al, and then we'll check in in the press box again. Yeah, Mr. Pinsky, Al Pierce from Auto Week. You, you are a great judge of talent. You must have known that this was going to happen probably this year did you think it would happen now or did you figure eh, by mid-season this kid's gonna be winning well let me tell you this uh, you know we're always positive you know the glass is is uh, not half empty it's half full and I think what happened today you know was an execution from the time we got our first piece for the gen you know the new gen car uh, I think uh, Roush Yates did a terrific job on the engine power as usual and, and our team uh, executed on, on, pit, on pit road, and, and Austin did the rest. So uh, that's what happens. I mean, people win races that you don't expect. But on the other hand, when you looked at the speed we had this week, uh, uh, I think one of our cars, you could say, should have been a favorite to be one, one of the guys in winter circle, and it turns out to be Austin Cindric. So uh, that's why I'm here. Going to go back up to the press box, and then we'll go to Jerry after that. Mike Kimber from Auto Week. Roger, um, obviously your cars ran good all week, but what, what's your general perspective on how this new car performed today versus the, the previous car? Well, I can tell you one thing, that uh, uh, the cost to put this car together is significantly less you know, than what if we had a regular car that we would have run last year. And I think uh, you know, we could see that at the clash uh, Guys getting into each other with a fiberglass body. You know, we had that on Xfinity cars for, for a number of years, and I think that's paying off. I think that the, uh, the cars that we have today and the new rules are terrific. And uh, we'll see when we get back with Joey's car what it's going to take. You know, the car that uh, the 21 car that Harrison ran, we just pulled the front end off, bolted another one on. That's all we had to do, and the car was right back in the scanner 100%. So... I think NASCAR has gone a long way. Lots of discussion, lots of angst, but I'd have to take my hat off to the engineering team at NASCAR. And then the teams working with them. I think every one of us in the garage area, the whole industry, worked with NASCAR to try to bring this car to where it is. And we were fortunate to have a couple of successes early on. But I can tell you, you know, one race or two races are not going to make the championship overnight. So, number one, I give my... I take my hat off to NASCAR and all the people, and our guys being able to put it together. I think it's, uh, it was terrific. <clears throat> Ron, Jerry Jordan, Kick of the Tires, uh, .net. Roger, your rookie driver is qualified now for the championship, for the playoffs. Uh, your thoughts on that? Because you just mentioned it's not, you know, one or two races don't make a championship, but you will at least have one car in the playoffs this year. 
Well, listen, if we can have a car in the playoffs after the first race, that's a big deal. And, uh, and having Austin uh, as a rookie, and I'm sure he'll, he'll have a lot more stage points and more wins. We get these road courses where he's got expertise. In fact, it's interesting that Blaney and, uh, and Joey have gone to, uh, t- or to Austin you know, for some advice on road courses. So we're going to have you know, a good team effort here all year. But uh, to be in the chase uh, or in the finals is amazing. <clears throat> going to go back up to the press box and check in there. No more questions from the press box. Thank you. We'll go to Daniel with a follow-up. Mr. Pinsky, uh Travis Geisler t- told me earlier that Ryan Blaney is the best teammate that he's ever seen when it comes to super speedway racing. Um, again. Travis Geisler, he, he told me earlier that Ryan Blaney is the best teammate that he's ever seen when it comes to super speedway racing. W- what do you see out of Blaney in this style of racing, and what do you think makes for a good teammate when it comes to this style of racing? I think it's the person. I think it's a human being himself. I think we've taught him a lot about racing. He was a racer when he came in. We've given him good equipment. You know, he listens, and I think he knows that uh, his his teammates can help him and vice versa, and I think he has that as his uh, his M.O., and uh, I think that uh, Joey certainly has taken the leadership on the team, being the senior guy, and, and, and Ryan also, and I think they're both trying to mentor Austin and uh, and Harrison, so I think we got a great uh, great combination, young guys, and people that can be here for a long time and hope many times we can be here. <clears throat> Go to Kelly. Kelly Crandallracer.com. Roger, were you around Tim Sindrick and what was his reaction watching the green white checkered finish in Austin come to he line? He was just cool. You know, he didn't, he didn't say a thing and you know, he was, yeah, right. You know, he doesn't, he's always, uh, I always kid him. I said, you, you've got to be a little more excited. Well, he was excited today, uh, really. And Megan, uh, Austin's uh, mother, I mean, to see them, a big hug, and uh, to see his, their son go across the finish line and win the Daytona 500, I guess you'd be pretty excited, and I know Tim and Megan were, so it was great to see that. Uh, he even got out of his cool, calm way today. I think he threw it all down and said, listen, I'm going to really celebrate now. My boy won the Daytona 500. <laughs> Do we have any final questions for um, Roger? All right, guys, thank you. Congratulations to you and to Team Penske. Yeah, thank you very much. Championship team, we're now joined by the crew chief of the number two discount tire for Jeremy Bolins. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you just talk us through uh, what it felt to be up on that pit box there that last lap or two? Well, I'll I'll try to talk about it. I was screaming for the last half a lap, I think. So, Um, long time coming for me personally. Um, Obviously, awesome day for Austin and Team Penske, but... I feel like I've been coming here forever trying to win this race and finish second two or three times and been on the front row of a restart at the end and put it on casters or or something. So um, this is awesome. That's about the only way I can describe it. Great. Well, we'll open it up to questions for Jeremy. If you have a question, please raise your hand and we'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start right here and then we'll go up to the press box after that. Luis Torres, the podium finish. Just... Describe how incredible Cindric has been so far with the team, especially like a year ago, he had a great run to now come back a year later working with you to get the 500, especially for that two card to finally win it. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Austin has shown the last couple of years in the Xfinity Series the amount of talent that he has. And the thing that's probably surprised me the most since we you know, knew all this was going on is how hard he works at it. Um, the time he spends away from the track, the questions he asks, um, just the effort and the studying that he puts into it to, to be good at it. And, um, you know, to his credit, he's done everything that we've asked him to do as a team um, to try to learn and get better and, and you know, Obviously, did a tremendous job today of of staying out of trouble, making moves at the right time, putting himself in position. And um, I don't think you can express how hard it is to play defense at one of these races when you're leading. Um, to be able to to finish that off, um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you to Ryan. Um, that's a hell of a teammate. Um, that's a. I've been here with him and almost you know, felt like we were going to win with him. And I can't thank him enough for being that good of a teammate because we probably don't win that race without him. I'm going to check in upstairs at the press box. Jim Utter, motorsport.com. Two questions, Jeremy. First, um, the incident at the start of the race, uh, I think it was lap 41 with you guys and Chase Briscoe and, and the uh, uh, Kaz Growler losing the wheel. How close did that come to ruining your race, or did it have much of an effect at all? We were very fortunate that we didn't get any damage. Um, you know, I know Austin feels bad about turning the 14 around there. I think the position he was in, he couldn't see the tire getting away, and I think those guys in front of him did and started checking up for it. And, uh, you know, Austin just got, had too much momentum right there. So I'm, I'm really glad that it didn't ruin the 14's day. Um, it was just one of those things where – you get it's so hard to see past the guy in front of you that those guys were able to see something he wasn't. But uh, we were very, very fortunate not to get any damage and, and not affect our day, really. And uh, also, um, Austin doesn't have like the typical uh, background of a lot of NASCAR drivers having spent a lot of time in sports cars, but he's won in everything that he's done in NASCAR so far. How would, how would you assess him as a NASCAR driver so far? Well, I mean, I don't know how many Xfinity races he's won over the last two years, but to win a championship and be, what, 50 feet from winning two in a row, I'd, I'd say he's done okay. So, um, you know, it was a matter of time before he got this opportunity, and and he's done a really good job and, and taken advantage of all the he's, – he's had a lot of opportunities, but he's taken advantage of all of them, and I think that's the main thing is, is when he's gotten these opportunities, he's put the effort in to take advantage of it. We're going to go up front here to Alan. Uh, you talked about Ryan, that final restart. Was it being in front of Ryan that was advantageous? Or was it the inside line, both? Or what, what goes uh, through your decision? It's the whole thing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, like you see it at the speedways. We saw the Gibbs guys do it a lot today where teammates are on the front row and the, the outside guy, the inside guy lets the outside guy in. And that's just part of this kind of racing. It's part of how it plays out. And to be honest, I never even considered – asking for that when we were the leader I, I i thought you know green white checker we're just going to race for it and and see what happens here and and uh it was ryan's idea and, and i mean like i said hell of a teammate i mean I, you know that guy's awesome so and then to know you got somebody back there that you can trust pushing you um he kept us out front no doubt i'm gonna check in back upstairs in the press box Congratulations, Jeremy. It's Lee Spencer. Um, it's just kind of curious. What are your expectations now? I mean, when you, you have a guy, he goes out and he, he wins, you know, right out of the box. I mean, we, I, I guess we kind of thought maybe it might happen on a road course for him, but 
um, you know, to kind of just establish himself as a player this early on, you know, how do you kind of keep things grounded and, and just, you know, focused on November? Well, I think we're both very realistic people. Um, I know that we, you know, we both know that these speedway races are very unpredictable. Um, definitely, we feel like the road courses are a great opportunity for him to showcase his strengths. Um, but I think if you look at the last couple of years, he's gotten really good at the mile and a half. So he runs well at Phoenix. He runs well at so many places. Um, you know, I, I do think the sky's the limit for him if, if he continues to work like he has, and I, I have no reason to think he won't. So, um, but we're realistic, and we know we got a lot of work in front of us with this car, and a lot to learn, and and you know, we still know that what the level of competition is, uh, you know, on this side of the garage, and and he knows that. So. Um, we're, you know, this is great. It's awesome to be locked into the playoffs. I've never done it this early in the year, so I'm really excited about that. But um, at the same time, you know, we know we got a lot of work to do, and, and that just means there's more playoff points available between now and, and then. So um, we'll just keep working like we always do. I'm going to go to Daniel, Aaron, and then we'll go back up to the press box. Daniel McFadden, Um going, going back, you've had a lot of near misses here, um, like you said. What did you take from the last six years of working with Ryan Blaney and Brad Kozlowski on Super Speedway Racing specifically that you were able to apply to this race to make this win possible? Well, I would say it's not just me. It's, it's my whole team. Um, we've been fortunate enough to work with great guys like, like Ryan and Brad that, you know, we learned a lot about, you know, drafting and, and the things that you have to do to be successful and, um, how to pit the races, how to keep track position at the right time, and and do all the things that we were able to do today. And um, you know, you got to you got to survive the day and, and be there at the end. And we've done that a lot. So the the, the odds had to be in our favor at some point. So um, Daytona chose us today, I guess. Go to Aaron, and then the the press box. Aaron Bearden, Motorsports Speed. Jeremy, coming down the back stretch on the last lap of the Daytona 500, you had. Austin Cendrick leading, Ryan Blaney second, Brad Keselowski third. Literally all three guys you've worked with in the Cup Series to this point. What was that like for you watching them all, and what does it mean to you to have played a part in all three of their careers to get them to this point? I think it's probably – I look at it the other way. I think it's probably more the role that they, those two played in my career um, to get me to this point, not necessarily what I've, I've done for them, but um, just the experience of working with them. Um, you know, Ryan from – a, you know, a rookie in the Cup Series to having some experience to uh, an experienced veteran like Brad. Um, I would say I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned through all that to be able to try to help somebody like Austin, you know, on this journey of moving to the Cup level. Um, so I'm grateful for everything I've experienced to be able to try to pass that along. I'm getting old. I got to teach somebody how to do something. Going to go back upstairs to the press box. No more questions from the press box. Thank you. We'll go to Steve. Steve Swites of the Alaska Press. Jeremy, can you uh, provide a layman's explanation of what was going on with the wheels and uh, what happens if you don't get those uh, wheels seated in that, uh, that slot? Is that what contributed to the two-wheel issues we saw today? Uh, well, there's been a lot of discussion about wheels this week, so I'll tread carefully. Um, we have had some instances where, you know, there's a lot of tolerance, like a, a lot of really tight tolerances on a lot of the parts on this new car. And when you have, if you look at the back of the wheel, there's a lot of lug holes there that line up on the drive pins on the hubs. And a lot of times when you, you have that many 
holes and that many lugs and uh, all the very close tolerances on all that. We, we've had a couple. We took a set of wheels out of the rotation today because we made some tools to check them to make sure they were what they were supposed to be. And we pulled a set of wheels out and didn't use them today because we were afraid they might not go on. Um, it, it's just that it's all it's all new stuff and it's all very nice machine stuff. But when you stack up those kind of tolerances, we have seen some interference issues. And, and that's what we've all been hedging against, if you will, uh, through some of the things that we've done. So I think it's just it's one of those things that is something you deal with when you have a new car and new parts. And it's not the first thing that we've we've found interference, things like that, when you, you have a car with with this many things different. And um, it's just one of those things that we'll work through over time. I don't want to be a politician, but I, I'm not 100% sure what everybody else's wheel problems were, so I don't, I don't really want to speak on it. Do we, do we have any final questions for Jeremy? I'll go up here to Bob. Looks like you're going to get two microphones, Bob. <laughs> if this has been asked and answered, just tell me and I'll, don't worry about it. But, um, Austin Centric, when he first started at Penske, that first Xfinity year, I want to say he averaged like a 17th place finish. Uh, I assume you still paid attention to what he was doing at the – I mean, did you – was there any thoughts, you know, when he was coming up that, man, he just, you know, didn't have it? Well, I, I think whatever opinion anybody had of him, you know, had to have changed over the years, you know, with the experience that he gained. I think, you know – Jeff Gordon tore up a lot of race cars too at one point and, and he turned out to be pretty awesome. So, um, you know, I think, I think these guys just, there, there's so many guys and I felt like this with, with Ryan, he had so much talent and just needed the experience. And I think it's the same thing with Austin. I think the, the years he spent in the Xfinity car and the experience he gained there just made him better to get to the point where, you know, I, I hope this gives him a sense of belonging over here and, you know, I can do this and I do fit in and all those things because that, that confidence is very inspiring and, and leads you to do great things. So um, did it start off great? Maybe, maybe not, but he learned, he's a, he's a, I'm telling you, the kid studies and he works hard and, and he, he puts a lot of effort into it. So um, if, if he's not doing well, he, he will figure it out for sure. We're going to go back up to the press box. Sounds like there's another question up there. Yes, yes. Congratulations, sir. I want to press a little bit on this tire thing, but not making it too rough for you. But how confident are you in this kind of new era, so to speak, of NASCAR and the development of this car and their willingness and openness to talk? Do you feel as though um, you're, you'll be able to come to a good resolution? In other words, they'll ask the questions and you can explain your side of it, and maybe there will be some changes? Do you, do you feel confident about that? I feel confident that that NASCAR will work with the teams to find a solution when we run across problems. Absolutely, I do. I think if you look at where uh, the next-gen car was in testing during the year at points last year, you know, we had a lot of work in front of us. And I think if you look at some of those tests towards the end of the year, <clears throat> there was a lot of effort and collaboration between NASCAR and the teams to – find the best solution to try to produce the best racing we can because that's what's important for the sport. And I think when when I think when we put the sport first, um, we're able to to work together and find good solutions and I think yes, I think I think we will do that. Is there anything else up in the press box? No more questions. 
Any final questions down here in the media center? Go back to Bob to wrap up. Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Did you get any feeling from just your guys of any sort of, I don't say different attitude, but any sort of different aura having a rookie compared to a guy who last year, you know, is a 10-year veteran and a former champion? Well, I think, how do I say this? I think our guys were up for the challenge. You know, I think you look back at the last few years, you know, we ran, it's, it's, a lot of the core group that we've had for years, um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I told you the voice is about gone. Um, you know, Grant, my engineer, like Kirk, my car chief, like a lot, Darren, my engine tuner, like a lot of these guys, we've been together for so long <clears throat> that we felt like, you know, if we stuck together and did what we always do, we could, we could give him the tools that he needs to learn and be successful. And, and I think the, you know, that continuity is a very powerful thing in the sport. And, and I'm really glad that we've been able to keep those guys together. And, and they do a really good job. Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. And congratulations. Thank you. And by our Daytona 500 championship winning driver, Austin Zendrick, driver of the number two discount tire Ford for Team Penske. Uh, we will go straight to questions for our rookie here who uh, just won a Daytona 500. Please raise your hand, and we'll get a wireless mic for you. We'll uh, start up here in the front with Deb and then go to Alan. Deb Williams, RacingToday.com. Congratulations, Austin. I noticed after you finished, you were sitting on the hood of the car, staring up at the grandstand. Why? What was going through your mind? What were you thinking? Well, I broke the car. Uh, <laughs> I broke the starter, and uh, I blew out the right rear tire. So um, don't... don't uh, don't think that's anything bad, but yeah, I was uh, kind of stranded, so definitely a good time to collect my thoughts and um, just appreciate the moment there for a minute. Um, you know, to be able to do this in front of a sellout crowd, to be able to do this in general, to be able to be part of this race, having a shot—it's—it's um, it's a racer's dream, and um, so many people get close to it, and uh, I feel very grateful and very proud to be able to pull it off. We're going to go to Alan in the front, and then we'll go up to the press box. Uh, Alan Cavana, I know it was your second start, but as a cup rookie coming into this morning, did you think you could win this race? And if so, where did that confidence come from? I'll be honest. I knew I had the car to do it, but there's so many, so many things that uh, have to play out correctly uh, and, and putting yourself in position. And uh, I think we learned throughout the race with myself, my spotter, and uh, Jeremy as well as doing the right strategy, the right, the right calls, and setting up the right lanes to be able to put ourselves in position. You know, sometimes that's all you can hope for, and uh, sometimes you have to force people to help you. And um, I definitely didn't expect any help throughout the day. I did get some from the Fords, and uh, I think Fords did an incredible job with this new car. And uh, I think it's obviously shown the first couple races. So uh, just, just proud to be able to do it. Proud to be able to hold off those runs at the end of the race. And um, it, it means the world to me to be able to sit here and say I'm a Daytona 500 winner. Can you talk about that run at the end? I mean, a little move bit. I guess there was some contact with Bubba, but you're doing what you can. So that last turn forward to the finish line, what happened? Yeah, I mean, it's probably been an hour since the race has been over. I still haven't even seen the race, but um, you know, I, once I crossed the, the start finish line for the white flag, everyone behind me bailed. <laughs> everyone started lifting. Everyone was trying to get their runs, and I was probably 20% throttle for, for most of the last lap, just trying to stay relatively close to where I could at least defend something or, or, or be able to be close enough to be able to get to the trioval. I knew if I got to the trioval and I was nose ahead, I would get it. I, I think I actually learned that Thursday night, and, um, but, but for me, 
um, yeah, just holding off the Wolves. I mean, it's, it's the race that means everything to everybody. Once you come off a of four, all gloves are off, and everybody wants it. Going to check in upstairs in the press box. Bruce Meyer with Speed Sport. <clears throat> Kid, you never got a chance to know your grandfather on your mother's side, uh, the great Jim Truman. He uh, won the Indy 500 as team owner 10 days before he died of cancer. I'm sure you've heard all the stories. What do you think he'd be thinking right now to know that his grandson is a Daytona 500 winner? And I have a follow-up to that. Yeah, when I, it's, it's hard to speculate on that, but obviously um, I've met a lot of people throughout my life, and e- even watching the Willie T. Ribs documentary, if, if you all haven't watched that, I learned more about my grandfather than I ever have throughout the most of you know my years on this earth. But um, he was an incredible man and led an incredible life, and um, racing racing meant a lot to him, and uh, racing's meant a lot to my family. So to, so to be able to say that um, you know I've been able to accomplish this and. Uh, you know, there's nothing more important to me than racing. There's nothing more important to me than being part of this sport. And um, to, to, to think that um, I'm a Daytona 500 winner, that you can't take that away. And he's an Indy 500 winner, and you can't that, take that away from him. And you grew up around Roger Penske as a small child, uh, running around. You were a big Elio fan. In some ways, has he kind of served a little bit of a role as a grandfatherly type to you in addition to being your boss? Yeah, he's he's a lot more than just my boss, you know. When I I think of it, and, and next to my parents, he's probably been the most influential person on my life. Just whether if it's been leading by example, or or the way he treats people, the way he runs his his business, and um, it, how he is with his family. If I can be half the man Roger Penske is, uh, I'd say I've lived a good life. So um, I think of an amazing opportunity. You know, a lot of people talk about I get the opportunities that I do, and I become successful because of you know who my father is and and what he's done in in his life, and I, I think it's the exposure. To, to those people have meant more to me, have meant more to my career as far as leading, leading and doing things the right way than, than any other advantage anyone else can have. So I feel really blessed to be able to, to do that and utilize that experience in, in, in my life from a young age to be able to you know put myself up front in the biggest stage and, and, and obviously uh, have a great time doing it. We're going to go to Zach, Bob, and then Ryan. Zach Sternial with FrenchRush.com. Austin, congratulations on this. Um, you were in this race a year ago, obviously, but uh, it looked like a completely different style of racing today. Um, was there anything from last year that you learned that you could apply to today's race? I think the biggest thing is the competitors. You know, when you come up from the Xfinity Series, I spent four years in that series, and I, I said it when we were here on Media Days, the biggest transition, especially on plate races, for me is to learn my competitors, and that was kind of my first eye into the cup series and, and, and let alone having more competitive cars, but these guys are the best and you can expect them to make the right moves for them, which in some ways I really enjoy because it, it makes my job harder yet easier uh, because you're expecting everyone to do the best thing possible and, and everyone to be perfect. And um, I, I think, I think that, uh, I think that it's an incredible opportunity for, for me to be able to run it last year and uh, get some experience up front and, uh, but but also to be able to come back here today and, and be able to be a contender throughout the entire event um, means a lot. It says a lot about my team. It says a lot about my race car. And, um, you know, it, it's obviously a great foundation to start the year. You were also around Brad Keselowski quite a bit today, uh, pushing him a lot, especially early. Um, are you conscious of that in the moment, uh, just the irony of that? But uh, more, uh, I guess more importantly, what allowed you guys to work so well together? 
Well, I think it falls back on, on guys being really, really good. And, and Brad is really, really good at this style of racing. That's why he was up front a lot of the day. And I've, I've learned a lot from, from Brad throughout my career. So obviously to be able to be in the two car and, and, and run tandem for so long is what we did. It was, it was kind of cool, um, you know, especially early parts there in, that, in the beginning of the race. But um, I, I also did learn a lot, you know, whether if I was, I was being the pusher for, for Blaney or for Brad, um, as far as what that second car meant to the runs and, and things being generated in the pack. And I, I do feel like that helped me be able to defend better at the end of the race. We're going to go to Bob, then to Ryan in the back, and then we'll check in in the press box. Uh, Bob Pockris, Fox Sports. Uh, you said the other day that you're going to have to learn over the first 400 miles to know what to do over the last 100. So what did you learn over the first 400 that you put to use? It's a long list that I plan on doing before I go to bed tonight. Um, there's there's so much different about this car, but at the same time, it is the same style of racing. You know, you, I think for a fan from the grandstands probably could have looked at this and go, "Oh, this is this is Daytona with NASCARs," but uh, with Man, I keep doing that too. I keep calling them NASCARs, and all these people look at me like I have four eyes. Like it's it's a NASCAR to me, but it's a race car. It's a Cup car to everybody else. So I'll I'll get better at that. <laughs> but it's still the same style of racing. But the, the the cars themselves are a lot different. The runs build a lot differently, and it's it was really interesting to see who picked up on different things throughout the race, even in practice, and um, l learned you know like I said, 400 miles in, I, I learned a lot about it, and um, got ourselves with with really good track position by the end of the race, and. Um, I, I think I knew what I was going to have to do to be able to hold cars off if I was in that in that opportunity. And with, with the driver who averaged a 17th place finish as a rookie in the Xfinity Series, could that driver envision this day? The driver that spun in front of the entire Xfinity field in 2018 on like lap six, probably not. <laughs> Probably not. You probably couldn't have picked me up from the care center and say, you're going to win the Daytona 500 one day. I probably would have said, bullshit. <laughs> but we've come a long way since then. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a very big credit to a lot of the people around me that have believed in me. You know, I've, I've driven a lot of different race cars in my career, a lot of different race cars at this track alone. Um, and I've, I've seen the highs and lows of it. I have a lot of perspective from, from friends, from competitors, co-drivers, teammates, you know, this race means so much to so many people and um, just very humbled to be able to get it done. I'm going to go to Ryan in the back, then we'll check in in the press box. Uh, Austin Ryan, you with ESPN. You touched on this a little bit, but the silver spoon nepotism claims have been around motorsports forever. Uh, what's this mean for you, all those whispers that have kind of followed you throughout your career when it comes to, hey, that's just that's how he got in that ride? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I would say I'm not an externally motivated person, and I'm not an externally intimidated person. Uh, my head's pretty much in the game 24-7. I don't think about much anything else except for racing. Uh, I don't have much of a social life. I, I hardly do anything else but go to the race shop and spend time well, either staring at my race cars or, or working out or spending time with my crew chief. So uh, for, for me, I, I guess I don't have time for the noise. But um, if, there's, if there's anything I, I have left to prove, I'm not sure what it is. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of, of the family that I've come from, you know, the, the person that my dad is and, and the way he leads our team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be exposed to that, like I said before, with, with my exposure with my parents and, and Roger Penske. Um, I, I think that's my biggest asset is, is, not, is not who he is, but who he is, if that makes sense. Going to go upstairs to the press box. Congratulations, Austin. It's Lee Spencer. I hope you're doing well. Um, in your opening statement on the interview on TV, you, you made mention of a packed house. 
And for a young guy like you who, you know, the last couple of years you've raced in a pandemic, no fans in the stands or very little fans, to have this kind of a stage, you know, quite frankly, a stadium and all these people, you know, cheering you on, seeing the, you know, their reaction. How different has it made this experience for you? I mean, if you can imagine what it might have been like, well, you were here a year ago and, and you know, to have a almost empty um, place to, to do what you did in front of this crowd, it, it had to have been exhilarating. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot to me because this, this sport, my career, what I get to do for a living is all I want. And to see so many people take joy from the things that I love, uh, it's very gratifying. But uh, for, from that standpoint, uh, I, I, I tried to let myself smell the roses today, and I never did. It's just not who I am. Um, I'm way too competitive. I, I know how much is at stake and how much work I put in to really pay attention to it. Like I said, I'm not externally motivated or intimidated. It's just uh, it's just part of the process. But uh, I think it says a lot about our sport. You know, to, to your point about a, a lot of races under COVID over the last you know two years, the funny thing is a lot of my success in the Xfinity Series, especially in 2020, came in an incubator. And when we got fans back at the racetrack, all of a sudden everybody knew who I was. And that was really, really weird for me. <laughs> and I had actually leave, like, leave time to go places. And I still consider myself a nobody. But even, even walking through the garage, I mean, I'm not Kyle Busch, I'm not Joey Logano, but like... I guess I'm I'm tall and somewhat recognizable, but otherwise it's uh it's definitely a new experience for me. And um, but like I said, to, to have what means the world to me, make so many people you know bring so many people so much joy, uh, it makes my job pretty gratifying. Can you feel the vibe and the energy? You know, just this refreshed energy that NASCAR is kind of like on a roll right now. Well, I think I think NASCAR has been doing a lot of things right, and uh, I think you know, as far as being aggressive, as far as our strategy, as far as the cars, as far as you know, a race like the Clash. I think I think in the future there's a lot more opportunities with with the package that we have, and you even saw it this weekend with with the 21 car being able to fix their car and not have to go to a backup. Last year that would have been a backup. So I, I think our sport is is changing in, in the right direction, and um, to have a packed house here is is another great example of that. So our leadership has done an incredible job. I'm not just saying that because they're technically my boss losses but they really have and it shows we're gonna go to dan and then al dan right behind you uh dan galson associated press awesome bubba you know you just dodged him by you know got him by a nose i guess he said out there he thought he had it like the whole way those last 10 laps he thought it was like his race to lose did you feel that way about about your ride I felt like I had a really good chance to lose it, and to lose it means you had a shot to win it. So, I mean, being on the front row for the last couple of restarts of the Daytona 500, you can't really envision a better better case scenario for you as a driver. And, uh, you know, that red flag, you definitely have time to reflect, and you can either reflect on what you're going to do when you succeed or how you're going to succeed. And, um, like I said, I definitely lived in the moment there trying to figure it out because um, I, I know there's a lot of people that want this really bad, and uh, he's definitely one of them. He's worked hard for it and puts himself in position in a lot of these races, and um, it was really cool that you came up to me in victory lane, congratulated us. So um, definitely, definitely a hard worker as well, but uh, definitely means means a lot to pull it off like that. Going to go to Al on the far left, and then we'll go to Aaron. Oh. Yeah, Al Pierce at Auto Week. The, the year that you went to Roger and said, I'd like to go to Cup next year, and he kind of talked that down, was that, a, was that a major blow to you that you felt like you proved yourself in Xfinity and you wondered, why can't I go forward? Did that bother you a lot? 
Uh, I would say that's not entirely accurate, but uh, the, the the situation, you know, in 2020, right, right around August, you know, the playoffs hadn't started yet, and uh, I hadn't won a championship yet, and I'd obviously won uh, five races to that point, but um, yeah, we, we we went to Michigan, we talked about it, we talked about the options of, of what was possible, and at that time, I didn't even think an Xfinity season in 2021 was possible. I knew how close we were to shutting down the Xfinity program in 2020. Roger obviously said that after we won the championship, and so I considered that a non-option as far as my career. I had already talked to other other teams in other situations trying to figure out what I would do with with my career if I can't go Xfinity racing or if I can't go Cup racing. You know, at, at the time, you know, the, the 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 car itself, you know, all of all four Penske affiliated cars were full. So um, at, at that time, um, you definitely recognize that there's no right or wrong way to do driver development. And, and I forget who brought it up, but, you know, obviously when I drove, you know, my first Xfinity race here at Daytona, I was not ready to go Xfinity racing, and I proved it. <laughs> and But sometimes you don't get to pick those opportunities. BKR shuts down, I got to go to Xfinity. I have no truck opportunities. There's no Ford in, in truck series at that time. And you have to make the most of things. And uh, I, I think my opportunity to run Xfinity last year, race for a championship again, and uh, be able to hone in on a lot of the small details, I think that's what it takes to be the best on Sundays is to be really good at the small details consistently. So uh, I, I wasn't offended by it at all. I was probably surprised that we had the opportunity to even run an Xfinity car again. And I, I think it certainly paid off. And, and like I've said before, his leadership is, is, is second to none. And I'm not going to be the one that's going to second-guess Roger Penske's judgment. We're going to go to Aaron, then Daniel, and we'll go back up to the press box. Aaron Bearden, Motorsports Beat. Um, Austin, two quick ones. First off, there in the last lap, look in your rearview mirror on the back stretch. You've got your new teammate, kind of the newest star, Penske, Ryan Blaney. You've got, like, the star of old with Brad Keselowski. You've come up in the Penske system over the last decade. You've seen those guys grow. What's it like being on the same level as them now and getting to battle them on the sport's biggest stage? I, I will say that I, don't, I do not feel like I'm on the same level as those guys, you know, I have a lot of respect for Ryan and, and, and kind of the leader that he's turned into in, in our race team. I don't think it's because Brad's departure. I think even last year you saw it, Ryan was probably our strongest guy every weekend. So I have a lot of respect for Ryan and, and the driver that he's kind of become over the last couple of years and obviously my relationship with Brad. So I also know those are two guys that have come really close a lot of times to winning Daytona 500s, and they would not want me to win it before them. So um, definitely a lot of perspective there. But um, I, I really appreciate their leadership and, and what they've taught me throughout my career. But in that moment, you kind of have to block all that out and know that they want to win just as badly or worse than you do. So um, that's that's where I was in the moment. But at the same time, uh, off a of turn four, they're just another competitor. And I know it's always kind of the last thing you think about when you win this race kick off the year, but how does it feel to be locked into the playoffs already? Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. I mean, I, I thought you were going to have to win a race to get in the playoffs this year, and we're in the playoffs. We're in the all-star race. Um, you know, I don't. I can't tell you the last year the two car hasn't won a race. So that's, I'd say that's a little bit of weight off the shoulders there. But um, I know there's going to be a lot of highs and lows in rookie season. There's going to be a lot of highs and lows with a new race car. Um, so to be able to give ourselves that type of security this early in the season gives us some flexibility. Gives me time to be patient. Uh, I think that's. I think that's the biggest thing because. Uh, even even through testing, I have to remind myself to be patient, and, and whether if it's the, the drivers that I'm now competing against or a new situation, I think patience is certainly going to pay off to making sure I don't miss anything throughout the learning process. We're going to go to Daniel. We'll go up to the press box, and then we have a question in the back of the room. Daniel McFadden, FrenchRidge.com. Austin, kind of going back to the first question you were asked by Deb, like when you're on the front stretch, your car's broke, the team's slowly putting new tires on the back of on the back of your car, and you're just sitting in your car. How surreal was that 
period of time for you. It reminds me of my first Xfinity win when I blew the clutch out at Watkins Glen, <laughs> and I just sat there. That one I could push back by myself, and I did for a while. This one I was stuck on the banking but um, with a broken starter and no right rear tire. But uh, overall, it was, it was definitely a good, good opportunity to be able to reflect. But, um, yeah, just, just an amazing opportunity to be able to sit there and take, take everything in. And um, those are moments I'm never going to be able to get back. So, um, you know, even if, if I'm able to come here and win this race again and put myself in position again, I think every race is different. Every experience is different. You know, at this moment in my life, um, I can't think of – anything more amazing and more gratifying than, than winning this race specifically. So um, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Like I said, it's all I care about. It's all I think about. And um, that's, that's what's gotten me this far. And so after you leave here, what's, what's the first step in Austin Sendrick's celebration night? I can't say I've thought that far ahead. I guess it depends on who's left uh, from the race team who's still here. But uh, I've, already, I've already had a phone call with people uh, asking me what I need to grab from my closet in, in the Airstream to, to put in my bag. So I got a spare pair of underwear. I did not pack an extra set of clothes, by the way. So <laughs> I'm not that confident. <laughs> so I'll be re-wearing re my clothes from today tomorrow, and um, I will have fresh underwear. So that's a win. I'm going to go upstairs to the press box. Jim Mutter, motorsport.com. Congrats, Austin. Uh, two questions. One, uh, thinking back, if you can, back to early in the race with the incident with Chase Briscoe and Kaz Grala's loose wheel, how close do you feel that came to kind of disrupting uh, your entire race? Yeah, I'm not quite sure if, you know, the 14 spotted the, the tire before we did. Obviously, I just ran over him and spun out. I'm glad it didn't really cost him anything in the race so it didn't really actually change the race really at all for anybody so um no harm no foul but um definitely a an oh shit moment pretty early on but um otherwise um didn't didn't really change a whole lot you kind of have to put that behind you pretty quickly and at some point in your career you've talked i think you've touched on in the past you made a decision that you were going to be a nascar driver uh uh at this when you think about it now, why were you so determined that that was the right course for you? And did you expect the decision to pay off so quickly? Yeah, I mean, the situation you're referencing in 2017, I had the opportunity that I'd probably been working for for the last three or four years, which was to be a manufacturer-backed uh, sports car driver. And, and, and I had a great opportunity lined up for me that I'd worked hard for. And at the same time, I'd done a few ARCA races, a few truck races that went fairly well. And I had the opportunity to go full-time truck racing. And um, think about the world being your oyster as a, as a young driver. You, you actually have the opportunity to choose that. And I, I think when it comes to this sport, obviously this is, this is the biggest stage um, in American motorsports. But I don't think you get a second chance to make a NASCAR career work. There are very few people that, that, that have been able to do that. Um, and, and for me, that was an opportunity to take advantage of that. And um, obviously it's, it's gotten me this far. And um, I've been able to, to still keep ties uh, to that side of racing, and I still have a lot of passion for that side of racing. If um, anyone watched the Rolex 24 or anything like that, that's kind of my passion project every year. But uh, otherwise, yeah, certainly, certainly a, a defining moment, you know, kind of in, in the path of my career. I'm going to go to the back of the room, and then there's a blue shirt on the far side, the far left of the room. This is Melissa Thomas with Florida National News. All the way back here. <laughs> um, obviously, um, this is kind of a, a capstone goal for you. Now that you've won the Daytona 500, um, what else is, what other things fuel you to, to keep going? What, what other things are your fuel or motivation? I know you mentioned Rolex 24 is your passion project, but is there anything outside of racing that motivates you as well? Outside of racing? 
Uh, I have a project card that I've spent the last four years working on and haven't touched it in four months. But uh, otherwise, uh, outside of racing, absolutely not. I haven't. I don't have any plans or thoughts or ideas past that. You know, for, as far as what's after the Daytona 500, there's a race next week that needs to be won by somebody. So, um, got to start focusing on that at some point. I'll, I'll try and smell the roses before Fontana, but. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I do I do subjugate the Daytona 500 in a different category than the races during the season. I, I look at it as a as a uh, another exhibition race um, throughout the year, and, and and this is obviously the biggest race of them all. So um, I, I would I would yeah put that on the list of, of Daytona 500, Indy 500, Le Mans, Rolex 24. I want to do them all. I want to be successful at them all. I would say the only one that I want to do that I have zero desire to actually just be successful is probably Baja. I just want to do it. Um, but otherwise, uh, certainly, certainly a lot of lofty goals for a 23 year old, but, um, definitely, definitely an awesome box to check. If I check any of the rest of them, I'm going to say we have two questions over on the left side of the room there. Ed Albert, Fox 43, um, Mario Andretti called what you did today, a most brilliant drive. How does getting a compliment from somebody like that and what he said make you feel? He's a legend. Uh, I would, the last time I saw Mario Andretti, I think it was before the season started last year, and uh, I looked him in the eye and said, do you have any advice for me? He says, whatever you do, stand on it. That's it. Stand on it. I can't think of any better advice you can give a race car driver than tell him to stand on it. So uh, Mario Mario's an absolute legend. He's, he's an icon. I think he's a household name and um, someone, someone that uh, – Definitely, definitely has made his name in, in this sport and in a lot of other forms of motorsports. And it'd be uh, it's it's cool to check off one thing that he's done. Let me go up here to the left, right there. There's a microphone for you. Kevin Schwarzy with the uh, Racing Times. I'm going to take you back to September 2016 at Chicagoland, ARCA race in the 99 Pertec car. Uh, you're standing there, basically nobody around. I asked you for a shot of you next to your car, and you just walked straight up and took the shot, and you thanked me. I've watched you since then, and you seem to have stayed the same in, same type of individual, easygoing, no stress, you know, personable young man you were back then, almost six years later now. Uh, I mean, you're born into the sport, but there's lots of guys born into the sport, girls born into the sport, you know, that sometimes can't handle it or aren't able to stay that grounded, if you want to call it that. Is there any one thing? Is there a lot of things that keep you, uh, you know, the way you are? Well, thank you for the compliment. It's it's certainly a, a way I certainly try and lead my life, and um, whether if it's friends and family, but um, I think my parents keep me plenty grounded. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. Other than um, I I try and make things pretty simple for myself, whether that's competition related or personally. Um, I've said earlier tonight, I've got pretty simple goals and I've had, uh, great leadership throughout my life and, and great examples set for me th throughout my life. And, um, as far as my upbringing and, um, my, my exposure to, to, to Roger and in this race team and, um, how to do things professionally, how to do things the right way. I, I don't, I don't see a way to do anything different. So, um, thank you. Thank you for noticing. Thank you for the compliment. And uh, I look to stay, stay on that same course. We're going to check in in the press box. ChrisNightCatchments.com. Uh, Austin, congrats on the win. I was just uh, curious. You know, the former driver, Brad Keselowski, had uh, utmost respect for being a terrific super speedway racer in the number two team Penske, and I know how hard you work at your craft, and I was just wondering what maybe what you've done over the past couple of seasons to become a better super speedway racer and how much do you think that was a uh, help for you tonight, and have you talked to Ryan Blaney? 
Yeah, I think I think speedway racing and running the high line are the two biggest things that I had to learn being an NASCAR driver, uh, coming from a completely foreign background. So uh, for, for me, those were two things I've worked at quite a lot. Um, and I think it's a mental game on the on the speedways, but also it's a very social game. And I'm not say I wouldn't say I'm the most social person. I didn't spend much time at high school. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've got an abundance of close friends. So for me, it's 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 one of those things you have to predict everybody's next move. And, and, and for me, I understand where I stand on the totem pole tonight. And um, to, to be able to do this, and, and but also to be able to have have the teammates, have have the camaraderie from Ford and uh, the, the team that's trusted in me. Uh, like I said, I, I do put a lot into my racing. Um, there's not much else, like I said before, that I really care about anymore. So um, it's it's certainly uh, certainly awesome to have that hard work pay off. You know, it's not just me; it's it's my spotter Doug, it's Jeremy Bullins, it's the entire Team Penske team. You know, the way Ford has started off with this next gen car with with two wins in a row, pretty incredible. And and, and obviously, um, you know, have have great teamwork as well. You mentioned Ryan Blaney, and I said it before; I'll say it again. I think he's a great leader for our team. I, I think he's really coming to his own um, as far as part of this organization, and um, I'm very proud to proud to have him um, and, and him having my back, you know, especially there on that restart. I, I will say I think it was in his best interest to be able to help me. Uh, I thought the bottom was the dominant lane on restarts. It put him in a position to be, you know, second behind the leader and have a shot coming off of turn four. So um, that's that's usually all you can ask for from a teammate to let, let him uh, give, give you a shot and take his own when he has it. So um, otherwise, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a great experience. And what was that moment like with your parents, especially your mom? Yeah, my mom has been like the backbone of my racing career, whether if it's making making brownies for the guys or uh, packing a cooler to go to the summer shootout um, or uh, driving me home from a long day, um, <laughs> tucking me in in my fire suit when I've gotten wrecked for the third week in a row at Concord Speedway, <laughs> all those things um, that the moms do. Um, and she's been around it. You know, her brother raced, like we mentioned before. Uh, she comes from a racing family. Her father raced, so... This isn't this isn't the first time she's she's seen this rodeo, but um, she's she's been my, by my side, been a, been a great listener, and um, definitely one of those people that helps keep me grounded. So um, very very proud to have her. She's definitely been my rock throughout my career. We're gonna go to Dustin Long and then Jerry. Dustin Long, NBC Sports, Austin. Um, I know you're still in the moment, but what does it mean to be a Daytona 500 winner? Tony Stewart can't say that. Kyle Busch can't say that. There are a number of drivers you're racing against and have come before you who cannot say what you can say right now. Yeah, I think I think that there's a lot of layers to that that I, I feel like I have perspective on, but uh, I'm certainly different in a different category in, in that respect. You know, I, I haven't been trying to do this for decades, um, so so from that respect, I. I Pretty humbled to have the opportunity, the experience, what what this means um, at this point in my career. But um, I, I think I still have a lot left to learn from from the guys that you've you've mentioned. That you know, there's a long list of drivers that have tried and finished second or um, led a lot of laps and, and come really close. And some some days it's your day. And, and um, I'll trade losing the Xfinity Championship by four inches uh, for a Daytona 500, I guess, any day. But um, certainly certainly hard to put myself in their shoes. But um, I have a lot of respect for, for a lot of the drivers in the field, and um, there's a good chance of me having to go, to go to school for a little while here as far as figuring out what it takes to do this every weekend. Going to go to Jerry, and then we'll go to Justin. 
Jerry Jordan, kick at the tires. Uh, a lot of people come to you know high five you and give you you know kudos in, in victory lane. What was that victory lane experience like for you? And also, you took a call. Who was that from? And, and if you can talk talk about that. Uh, so the call I took was from my brother who lives in Norway, <laughs> and uh, and he is one of my biggest fans. Um, he and I weren't super close growing up, but the moment he moved away to college, he and I got really close. And uh, whether if it's just talking to each other on a weekly basis and. We, we share a lot of the, some, some common passions. Um, obviously grew up in the same racing household, so, um, but otherwise got to, got to talk to him. He was staying up watching the whole thing. He's, Norway's definitely the party country in Scandinavia, so I'm sure uh, he and his buddies are going to have a good time. But um, it's, I don't know if they sell Keystone Light in, in, uh, in Norway, but we might have to send him some. We'll figure out how to make that work. But um, otherwise got to talk to him. I can't remember your first question, but it was, uh, it was cool to get that experience to talk to him. Well, the weird thing about it, like most of the times I've, I've, I've won races in, in this sport, it's been with, you know, the Xfinity team, you know, the 22 Xfinity team. That, that is, with the exception of winning the truck race in most port, like every win I've had is with a lot of those same guys. And um, this is kind of my first date with the two team, a team that's been together for a really long time under the leadership of Jeremy. And um, there's a lot of guys that have been trying for a lot of years to win this race. And um, I can't think of a better way to start it off. I think the only guys that I recognized, uh, the, their smiles and their joy and their expectations in victory lane was my pit crew. Cause a lot of those guys, a lot of the guys on the two crew pitted my Xfinity car a lot. And, uh, we've actually come up together through the truck series and man, they were on it tonight. They had a money four stop and, um, did a great job on pit road all day. So really proud of that effort. And, but, but, uh, but yeah, to, to experience that with a bunch of new people, uh, it's a great way to start a relationship. Hopefully it doesn't set too lofty of expectations, but uh, I think they're I think they're learning about me and and and, and what I enjoy and, and and what I what I put into this and and uh, I hopefully that that's a lot a lot more to come for 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 this group. I'm gonna go to Justin and then we'll go back up to the press box. Thank you. First off, congratulations, Austin. Said Drake Justin Farmer with the Columbia, Missouri, and and Austin, you already mentioned and losing out oh, by four inches in the Xfinity Series title tonight. You win the race by three eight one hundredths of a second, the third or closest finish in five hundred history. Just your thoughts on that at kind of of coming around and and that kind of coming full circle tonight. When was that? November. That race at Phoenix has haunted me <laughs> every moment of every day for the last however many months. And it still will. Like, I still lost, so it still sucks. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think I've compared the two a little bit too much tonight because it's, it's definitely on a different stage, and it's definitely uh, a race that means a, a lot. Um, so for, for me to be able to, to be able to do that, to obviously have a, have a close finish, to be able to put on an awesome finish for the race fans, like we've, like we've said before is a packed house and, um, there's a lot of momentum with the sport and, um, in some ways to, to, to be somewhat of a leader of that is, is, is a unique experience for me. And, um, I have a lot of perspective left to gain as, as what it means and what my influence is and as far as, um, as a, as a driver in this sport and, uh, someone who hopes to be here for a long time. Going to check back in with the press box upstairs. Hey, Austin. Cameron Richardson with the Rich Report. What did you tell yourself after the Xfinity Series title loss in November, and how did it motivate and set you, set you up for tonight? All right. This is the last time we're revisiting that race <laughs> ever because I've never been in so much pain that I've wanted to vomit. Never in my life have I been in so much pain, felt like I've let so many people down that I've wanted to just throw up on the spot. Uh, I remember... I explicitly remember waking up at 4 a.m. the next morning and just staring, like having a panic attack. 
Um, it's it's how much it means to me, um, and, and there's no way to describe that. And and sometimes you you have those moments in life that you know some people aren't ever passionate about something like that other than their families in their life. So I'm I'm grateful to to have something that that really pushes me that far emotionally, physically, um, that I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But um, definitely definitely a moment I'll never forget in my life, and um, definitely confirmation that this uh, this this job that I have, this living that I've, that I've had for myself means a lot to me. Going to go to Luis and then Dalton. Luis towards the podium finish. Of course, you, you, you had Briscoe congratulate you, but you also had the Thunderbirds celebrating a holiday, pretty much your biggest fans right now. You obviously had that moment with them a couple of days ago. Describe that feeling to have such amazing supporters and a bond already. Yeah, no better way to create a bond than going nine Gs together in an F-16 and then win the Daytona 500 a couple of days later. Talk about badass. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't even begin to, to say how, how cool of an experience that was. As someone that's grown up loving Star Wars their entire life, that's probably the closest I'll get to flying in an X-Wing. But um, definitely, definitely an amazing experience what those guys – uh, what those guys do, but also the people in the, just in the Air Force in general and our armed forces, what, what they go through, what their bodies go through to, to keep us free and safe. It's great perspective gain for sure. And a great for, perspective for me on the, on the critical things for the human body, like blood and oxygen. Like, that's important. <laughs> like, food and water go below blood and oxygen. And being able to figure out what it takes to, you know, have the right blood flow and get the oxygen in the right way while you're pulling nine Gs so you don't pass out while you're seeing tunnel vision and uh, and then have to do the duels the next night or the, the couple hours later was was definitely an experience, but um, something I'll never forget. And uh, obviously, uh, really cool. I didn't expect to, to see them in victory lane. I told them if I won that they needed to be in victory lane. They did just as they were told. So uh, really cool to see them um, and, and, and share that moment. Going to go to Dalton and then Daniel. Austin Dalton Hopkins, frontstretch.com. Taking back to Phoenix in November. I'm just kidding. Can we talk about today so i told, was talking to a lot of drivers in the field care center and a lot of them were saying that it's kind of difficult to push with these cars a lot of them they were talking about complaining about how aggressive it was were you on the receiving end of anything like that today and what were your thoughts on it yeah i did a lot of pushing today uh i was i was pretty happy with how well my car could push um i felt like that was probably my strength throughout the day and uh, i learned a lot while doing it as well um it does get pretty hectic back in the pack um pretty interested to see how talladega is going to play out i think it's going to be a lot different race than daytona uh, just because how wide that track is um how how much less handling matters at talladega um but I certainly learned a lot um certainly a lot to take away from but um i, I think a lot of that comes down to spotter and driver you know it is hard to see in front of you and uh, doug did a really good job tonight keeping me informed and, and, and we were able to really adapt to, to what i needed the information i needed what was important um for for being able to be successful we'll go to daniel and then we'll check back in with the press box can I get a water? Yeah. Thank you. I'm starting to get really dry. <laughs> uh, Austin, um, so when people showed up at the track today or tu- tuned into the broadcast at you know three o'clock to watch the start of this race, it's very likely they either had no idea who you were or knew very little about you. And for, for they the, didn't know how to spell my name. It was spelled wrong in my garage when I showed up here. So, <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Not throwing any shade, but hopefully we can get that right next year. <laughs> so, okay. With an E instead of an I. It's not the first time. It happens. You usually have to spell it out. Wait, the first I or the second I? 
It, it happens a lot. <laughs> anyway, but for at least the next 24 hours, 48 hours, you're going to be one of the most talked about athletes in the country, if not the world. Um, what does that feel like, and what do you want those people to know about Austin Sendrick, the 2022 Big 2500 winner? That's a really heavy way to put it. I mean, you're probably not wrong, uh, but at the same time, I guess I don't think that much of myself, <laughs> or at least uh, I've never had that perspective. But, um, you know, I, I think as far as what people need to know about me is, as I've, I've said it already, i said it again, um, my dedication to what I do is pretty much all that matters to me. And um, whether it's the people that I get to do it with or um, the life I get to live, I, I know how fortunate I am to get to do this. And I, I promise you, I don't take it for granted. So um, I'm surrounded by a lot of great people and I want to do this for a long time. Going to go upstairs to the press box. No more questions from the press box. Thank you. We'll go to Davey. Hey, Austin, Davey Siegel, Front Stretch. I think on a podcast last year, you can correct me if I'm wrong, did you say that you're not a not a drinker at all? I, I I'm going have a beer sponsor. <laughs> and we shared a lot of Keystone Light in Victory Lane today. Okay, so I, I assume that's going to be the beverage of choice tonight and potentially the rest of the week then? That is the beverage of choice for the number two. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Do we have any final questions either down? Oh, we'll go to Bob. Uh, Bob Hockris, Fox Sports. Blaney said that he would not make a move on you unless he was 100% certain a Penske car would win. How much do you think all the talks and all the and what happened here last year played into how the finish of today happened? I think it played a role. I think it played a role, but at the same time, I look at Ryan, and he's honestly been the glue to our Speedway program. If I look back, you know, as far as you know, have, having two polarizing figures that are both equally good at what they do in different ways, I think Ryan's Ryan's kind of been the guy that's honestly gotten the short end of the stick some of the times as far as being a great teammate. So, um, you know, we talked about it as a team um, on on Monday before we left for Daytona as far as what what the rules were going to be there and, and and how to manage that, and I, I think that stays behind closed doors, but. Um, I, I think I think to that point. I mean, R Ryan Ryan had a shot to win the race off of turn four, and that was that was his chance to do it. And um, I, I knew that's the opportunity that he wanted to have. And I, I think the best chance for him to do that is to, to be second in line. So um, he, he he was he was in position to be able to do that. But otherwise, um, you know, great great team effort, and I'm proud of that. And hopefully, I can repay the favor. And is it? I don't know if surreal is the right word, but I mean, you have Brad Keselowski, you have an autographed Brad Keselowski, you know, card or something in your in your place, and you replace him. And I think you, it could be very well argued you outdrove him today. That he, um, so is that surreal to you? Is that like um, I don't want to say surprising, but like, can you kind of describe how that dynamic sits with you? Well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I didn't think it was possible, um, but certainly I uh, don't feel like I've replaced Brad in any sense of the word. You know, he's meant a great deal to, the, to, to our race team, but um, not just Brad, but, I mean, you talk about Brad, Ryan, uh, Bubba. I mean, a lot of the guys that I was having to fend off there at the end of the race um, are, are guys that have been in the sport for a while and have, have paid their dues and, and, and put themselves in position every time at these types of races. And um, I obviously have to do my job and do what's best for for Austin in the two team, but um, I, I certainly have a lot of great perspective on 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 what that means, you know, what that hard work means, and and 
um, being able to, to do it like in my second try um, certainly certainly is exciting, uh, but uh, definitely not a stranger to knowing that I've got a lot of work. I have a lot of study and I got to do to, to put myself on that level every single week. Going to go on the far uh, right to Doug. Hey, thank you. Uh, so Doug Turnbull for WSB and PRN. I think from a lot of your answers, you may have kind of covered this, but when it was coming down to those closing laps and you had the lead, did you have the feeling in your mind is just like any time you would be like if you were comfortable in the Xfinity series on a road course or something? Or did you have, because of the dynamic of Daytona and you being a rookie and all of that, the don't mess this up, don't mess this up feeling? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I'd say ha ha to whoever thought my first cup win was going to be on a road course. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, I've, I've, I've won more ovals than road courses, guys. Like, come on, give me a break. But otherwise, uh, no, I mean, I, you definitely have to remove yourself from the moment. I mean, you, you think to yourself, all right, you know, it's the Daytona 500, but you have a chance to win. And what are you going to do with it? And, and put yourself in that situation and, and look at the characters behind you and try and predict everyone's next move. I, I think that's all you can do, and you have to live in, live in the moment, stay in the game, and um, I, I think it's that simple for me. Going to go to the far left now to Dominic. Dominic Ottagoan, the RacingExperts.com, ESPN Radio, Albuquerque. So Austin, nearly 3,000 guys have won or have raced in the Cup Series. Only 199 have now won in the Cup Series. So what do you think you're going to remember most about tonight? That's a great question. The night isn't over, um, but... <laughs> Um, as far as as far as the race itself, um, just the way things changed, you know, I, I pride myself in being a, a versatile driver, um, an open-minded competitor, and that's what you had to be tonight. I'm not going to tell you that I'm the most diverse, the most open-minded, and the best guy in in the in the field, but um, I do pride myself in that, and I do feel like that played a role, and I think that mentality really paid off. Uh, for, for us tonight, and I think I think we executed on a lot of points, and that's what it's going to take to be successful this season as well with, with a lot of changes and a lot of newness. You know, we're going to go to Fontana next week with 15 minutes of practice as far as I understand, so um, there, there's there's a lot of differences. Um, so I, I think for, for me, to, to be able to maintain that mindset, it's it's great to see it pay off once. Uh, 37 times would be, would be really good. Do a final check-in with the press box to see if there were any additional questions. No more questions from the press box. Anything final down here in the deadline room for Austin? We'll wrap up with Justin. Plenty in the of room for more. <laughs> Justin Farmer again. And uh, we were in here Wednesday, and, and you were here with Harrison Burton. You guys were talking about how much of a friendly rivalry you guys have. Uh, how much are you going to brag to him um, over the next coming weeks as you, of this 500 victory? I don't see myself bra – I would brag about the Xfinity win that I had over him here, but not, not the 500. Obviously, uh, happy is okay. I mean, I, I, didn't, I haven't seen the replay. I haven't seen any of the race, but I guess he went for a bit of a tumble there. But uh, tough deal. Um, definitely not the way you want to start out a, a season. Obviously, our, our car count now is, is fairly low. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, uh, no, it's, it's, it's great to have him on the team. I, I think he brings a great energy and um, I think a great perspective that I probably don't have – as, as, as a younger driver that, that can definitely push our team forward with two other veterans. Austin, thanks for joining us tonight, and congratulations on the Daytona 500 win. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. This is WFO Radio. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the party.
Bye, bye, bye. Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a show. And don't forget to write a review. WFO.